This is Speaking with the Enemy. On the Cats Audio Network, here is Louis Butko. Yes, it is. Speaking with the Enemy, back for another season on the Cats Audio Network. Quick refresher, my name is Louis Butko. Uh, thanks for checking us out on the Cats Audio Network, however you found us. And uh, let's get right into it. Very pleased now to be joined by Mike Hogan. He's the play-by-play voice, among very many hats he wears with the Toronto Argonauts. And uh, Hoagie, um, here you go. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you the floor. We have not chatted on these airwaves uh, since you know your team went and did something last season. Uh, that being the Grey Cup, uh, Hoagie, the floor is yours. You got thirty seconds. Keep it positive, please. I wasn't going to bring it up. I was going to be nice today, but you call me the enemy, and then you're nice enough to mention the the thing that happened in November last year. So I wasn't going to do that to you. I didn't wear any championship gear here, did I? That's you. I was being nice. It's a new me. (laughs) Well, we couldn't have had this conversation without acknowledging the fact that the Toronto Argonauts are the Grey Cup champion. What have you noticed? Have you noticed a a change in swagger at camp? Is there any difference from the way champion Argos are preparing versus the way the team was preparing going into the year they won the championship? Um, Probably not. Uh, And I think Ryan Dinwiddie and the coaching staff have been very adamant about saying, you know, last November's in in the rearview mirror. Uh, and if you're looking too hard in the rearview mirror, you're not looking ahead. And that's been the message here. Um, nobody's wearing any of the champion. You know, I was kind of joking off the top, but no, I haven't seen one piece of championship merchandise from last year. Um, nobody is mentioning it um, at all. It's it's okay. Hamilton's going to be really good this year. Otto's going to be a lot better this year. Uh, still, I guess everybody's going to try and see what Montreal's all about. But uh, guys know that it's going to be really, really hard to win the East and get to the Grey Cup, let alone win it again this year. And again, I think it just stokes things up between uh, your club and our club. Uh, because, you know, on paper anyway, and Ottawa may have some things to say about this, but I think once again, going in on paper, uh, I think that it's uh, it, it looks like it's going to be a, a really fun year between the Argos and Ticats again. Uh, to that point, you know, people talk a lot about the Ticats additions, you know, bringing in Bo Levi Mitchell, some some additions on defense, including Jagarit Davis, who, who you're very familiar with. Uh, I, you know, Ottawa is going to be better. A lot of people are talking about them, a healthy Jeremiah Masoli. There's some question marks about Cody Pajardo. Do you feel like maybe as Grey Cup champions, the Argos aren't getting the respect they might deserve heading into camp for possibly coming out of the East. And part two to that question, do you think they even care? I don't think anybody cares, but if they do, it's like, Hey, good. Let's have Winnipeg number one. Um, After the Argos got blown out in BC last year, a thousand to one uh, when Nathan Rourke went crazy. uh, I think the Argos were number seven on the CFL power rankings. And that's kind of, okay, we had a bad game. Uh, Let's use that. And I saw one that had us fourth, uh, and it's like, okay. And I, and, you know, I get it to a degree because uh, Chad Kelly doesn't have the experience that, say, a Bo Levi Mitchell does, or some of the other, most of the other quarterbacks in the league. But um, if if you have been around him as much as as everybody in this building has been, uh, you know, there's something there. Um, he's looked great in camp. He's looked really good in camp. So uh, I think everybody's pumped up for that, that and, and and know how good he can be and. You know, I think unless your team was playing the BC Lions last year, you'd love to see what Nathan Rourke was doing. It was a new quarterback. There was that influx of 
of, of, you know, adrenaline around the league. And I think Chad Kelly can be that guy. Um, you know, he's, he's considerably older, I guess, than Rourke. Uh, he's, uh, I think Chad's 29 now, I think. Um, but, you know, in terms of being a starter in the CFL, this will be his first year. And uh, I think people love that style of play from a quarterback. And again, unless you're playing the Argos on any given week, you're probably going to really enjoy watching Chad Kelly play football. Uh, he's got no shortage of confidence. If there's anything we've learned in this offseason, uh, you know, he's been on various shows and, and trying to make a name for himself, rightfully so. Um, what else does he bring to that role? I mean, we saw what he could do a little bit, but really you know, we're basing on, on you know, what we know about Chad Kelly on a very small sample size, what we saw. How do you expect him to take that jump to the starter, the number one guy, 18 games a season. I mean, where where do you see him having success to be able to make that jump? And where do you think there's going to be a little bit of, of, of work needed through the early part of the preseason or even the season? I think what's made Bo a really popular quarterback in the league is he's got that gunslinger mentality. And I hate that cliche, but a guy who's aggressive and will, will aggressively look downfield. And I think Chad's going to do that. Uh, he's thrown some remark. He threw a pass couple of days ago, off his back foot, scrambling to his right, that hit Curly Gittins full stride 60 yards downfield. We just kind of, we're on the sidelines. We're kind of looking, did we just see that? Like he's, he's not afraid to do that. If he sees a guy open, he's going to, he's going to, Hey, you're, you're the receiver, go make a play. Um, so I'm sure there are games that are, where, where not all of those are going to work, uh, where there are going to be multiple interception games, uh, you know, like, like any quarterback. Uh, but maybe more so with him compared to Mac because Mac would take his shots, but they were, you know, he would go through the progressions where I think Chad's a little more willing to go downfield. Um, and the fact that he can run the football is going to keep, it's, it's going to keep linebackers just nuts. Mm. You know, just do, what, do I, do I commit to the quarterback? If I don't, he's going to drop it over my head to a receiver. If I do drop back, he's going to run for 15, like we saw in the breakup. So uh, yeah, he's 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 an interesting go- uh, dude, and he's he, I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. Now you mentioned McLeod Bethel Thompson earlier, and you know when you look at what he did in his time, obviously was a leader on that team, had success. Uh, you expect Chad Kelly to take some of that because he is the quarterback. That's a position that you're going to look for for leadership. But who else do you expect to step up as a leader on a Grey Cup champion team that that that's going to be needing to click right away? Thank you once again for saying Grey Cup champion. Uh, that was really well played. Um, I'll, I'll take you back to that game uh, in Regina last year. And I went into the room at halftime for a little bit, and there were three guys talking. There was Mac, there was Darius Bladek, and there was Andrew Harris. Hmm. And Andrew Harris is the guy that is going to fill whatever void. And I actually talked to Chad about this today, doing an article for Argonauts.ca, uh, we had a lengthy sit down and, and talked about uh, a plethora of things. And one was leadership. And he knows he doesn't have to be the guy. Like like by position, as you mentioned, the quarterback's going to be a guy. Chad is capable of de- being that guy, but he knows he's got veterans around him too. And if there is that high adrenaline vocal leader on the offense specifically, it's going to be Andrew. Um, at times it could be Mac last year, but Andrew was always there as well. So um that's also, I think, going to help Chad, where he doesn't have to be all things to all people all the time. He can just go out and be Chad. And there are enough leaders. You know, Enoch Mwamba 
and Wynton McManus. And there are guys on this team that are going to lead just by being themselves. And so uh, I think Kelly's going to get a little bit of a reprieve there because he doesn't have to force that into his uh, into his vocabulary. He's just going to go and be Chad. Now, when you 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 know you and I have both seen a lot of uh, training camp. Uh, there, there's a certain point of camp where you know it gets routine, it gets uh, a very old, and but you see guys that you like in practice who you just think I can't wait to see him in a game, even if it's a preseason game. Who are guys like that? Who are players that have stood out to you in camp, made nice plays in in practice that you're really excited to see? against an opposition where they can take hits and give hits. Who are you excited to see? There are two guys that were the two primary targets in free agency. Um, Florin Lade, who came over from Calgary, who's just been ridiculous in camp. And Darius Pickett, uh, who came over from Montreal, who was their top defensive player a year ago. Um, these guys bring that leadership just by going out and doing what they do. And it was funny, like for the first few days in camp, it's like, Pickett's really not showing much. And then they put pads on and then Pickett was the best player on the field. Like he's, he's that guy who just wants to go out and play and perform. And, and, and when it's football, he becomes a football player. Um, you know, you've seen it enough too, where some guys just, they want to get through camp. They don't want to get hurt. Um, and, you know, I, I think for both teams on, on Saturday, when, when the two teams play at Tim Hortons, um, you're going to see guys who are going to be happy just that they're not hitting their teammates and friends. Uh, that they go out and hit the bad guys. And it's just a different color uniform to go out and hit, whether it be in our case, Hamilton or Ottawa or Montreal or whomever. It's just, it's just, you're not hitting another blue Jersey. Um, so I think that's going to be fun on Saturday. And the, those are the guys I want to see. Uh, but, but the two guys that have stood out uh, on defensive and those two, um, I think Tavares Daniels is at a really good camp. Uh, he really seems to have something, you know, there's, there's that a quarterback sometimes will have that thing where wavelength of the receiver and uh kelly's hitting a lot of guys but it seems in that situation davaris has become uh maybe that guy for him early in camp though there are so many guys who are receivers and you know the harrison will let out of the backfield or leak or whomever it might be uh that uh that he's gonna have a lot of choices in that uh you mentioned uniforms you mentioned blue uniforms and i i wonder if you did that intentionally to get me to bring up the uh, the big news this week uh when it comes to the argos going back to the cambridge blue uh you are obviously part of uh you know whether it's behind the scenes but you you hear these conversations that are that talk about going back to to the roots of this team just how big of a move is this from from your perspective and and what are you hoping to capture you know everybody you know, will say it's while well, you're trying to capture that nostalgia but it, it seems like it's more than that uh just your your overall impressions and and you know following up on the on those points there to the the uniforms uh we were talking about this today uh this has been going on since before COVID. <laughs> uh we were looking for this jersey for this year um so this is not you know, I, I, there there may have been a temptation to go to it earlier if it had not been for the last season. And then it became, well, let's, let's do it right. Let's do it for 150. And it does have that throwback. I, I mean, one of the things that you have seen when we did the helmet release video, uh, there was a real tie-in with the Argonaut Rowing Club. Uh, that's where we came from, right? The Argonaut Rowing Club founded in 1872. And a year later, they said, okay, we have our rowing team and then we have hockey season what do we do in between and there was this uh, you know rugby football thing that was starting to make waves and they said well let's try that and that was the birth so 
um, you know, on Friday, we're having a news conference to kick off and, and share our 150 plans. And we're doing it at the Argonaut Rowing Club, uh, which is not too far from BMO Field. Uh, it's an opportunity to tie in the, 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 the reason why we're here, quite frankly, um, and, and to do it in a respectful way. Um, I went down to check out uh, the rowing club just as a site tour because that's where we're going to have the, the news conference. And I was astonished at how many football photos they had up. You walk into the Henley room, this, this giant room they have. It's a beautiful facility. And right above the doorway is the 1922 Toronto Argonaut team, uh, football team. It's, it's, it's remarkable. So maybe this is a, a, a partnership that has gone awry over the years. Uh, we'd like to bring that back. And, and we really do want to celebrate with the oars on the shoulders of the uniform. Uh, if you look at the pants, it looks like a stripe. But if you look closely, you'll go, that's an oar too. So, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And, yeah, it does have a, a, a distinct homage to the past, but it's also kind of moving forward with the, with the font numbers that we have, the, the number of the, the, the font that we have for the numbers. Uh, I, I, think it's a, I, I think it really worked out well. I saw earlier incarnations that I didn't like so much. Um, today I saw the full uniform on the players for the first time for our media day. Uh, wow. Looks, it looks even better than it does in, in the photos. What do you think? Be honest. I like it. I like it. I, I like the I like the you know the baby blue, the Cambridge blue. I, I think it's I think it's a sharp look. I think you know I I, I still love that that old school dark navy blue. Yeah. You know, like the the pin the pinball era. Uh, so uh, you know I I think you know both teams having a, a wealth of history to lean on, and and you, we talk about this rivalry, and and we're gonna keep yeah. talking about it throughout the season. But anything that can connect people to what they remember or what they think is special or, or can bring that back. And, you know, nostalgic is a, nostalgia is a, uh, a very uh, popular way to go, but there's a reason that, uh, I, you know, they were the greats. So I, I love the color and uh, I you know, can't wait to see it in action uh, very soon. I think it was a Labor Day game when we brought out the, the boat logo, we brought back the boat, like for those who are watching on the, like the one on my hat, and it was in Hamilton and I've been here, you know, since 2000 as a play-by-play guy, but working for the Argos since, uh, 2018 i don't think i've ever seen more positive response from anything than when we brought back the boat logo and one of the things was that's the logo of my youth that's the logo i remember going down to the cne with my parents and going and watching my first argo games and there is room for nostalgia and it, it, it's funny Louis, because i've worked here and i i don't know where the line is because you know both of our franchises have great history how much do you rely on the past? How much do you rely on the present? And how much do you look to the future? Because there's that temptation to lean too much on Hallway and Rocket is male and pinball as a player, et cetera, et cetera, as opposed to moving ahead. Um, you don't want to forget the past and you want to honor the past, which is what we're doing, especially this year in our 150th. Um, but, you know, where where is that too, too much nostalgia not enough nostalgia i still don't know where that line is but uh, i don't think we can have too much of it in 150 well said hoagie i appreciate this as always uh looking forward to seeing you down there on uh, on saturday and who was the great cup champion last year uh you know what we've acknowledged it we've moved on you've gotten your acknowledgement <laughs> hoagie you've gotten it we've moved on thank you for doing that was this, the only guys. time i brought that off i just yeah, okay sure uh he's mike hogan i'm louis Bucko. thanks for checking us out on the tie cats audio network you can catch speaking with the enemy as part of the pregame show on saturday with bubba o'neill and andy fantoos